Good morning. Good morning, Sandy. <laughs> I love you used to greet teachers like that. Yeah. You do that? No? Oh. We always have to greet the teachers. Wait, wait. They don't know who we are. I'm Sandy. Oh, I'm Sam. And this um, is about to be the zeroth episode of Illiterature, our comedy literature podcast, coming at you. But... We have a little baby confession to make. We, we, we have sinned, and this is our atonement. Um, the f- f- zeroth episode was a, a, a very te- funny episode. Technical difficulties, though. Like you know, you you know when you plug in a mic, but then did you really? <laughs> so, uh, this is that. This is that. When you you specifically have been in this situation, I'm sure you can sympathize. Um, with us. Yeah, you know, you know that you, everyone gets on that. You're recording your podcast. He's plugging <laughs> Everyone the does have a podcast. Everyone has a podcast. So please enjoy this zeroth episode of a literature. You will hear some pretty crazy things. Like bad audio. And typing. And typing, yeah. Don't yeah. typing. And there might be some weird changes in sound quality. But. But it, you know what there will also be? Fun times. Fun, good jokes. Wholesome family fun. So, um, catch you on the flip side. Please forgive us. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I am Sandy Bennett. And I am Samantha de Los Angeles. Sam, for short. Samantha, for legal reasons. <laughs> and this is Illiterature like, with an I. Illiterate Literature. A podcast for those of you who don't want to read, which is very relatable. Yeah. So this for is, everyone. if you're at a dinner party and you said, heck yeah, I've read Odyssey, you did it. You can <laughs> listen to this in the bathroom and pretend you've got the runs. Yeah, just do a quick ooh, hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Power listen, maybe put it on like one to one and a half speed. <laughs> and I'm like, let me really highlight it. <laughs> and then you'll you'll be able to come out and you'll be like, hmm, Odysseus, didn't he? Uh, oh, did an Odyssey. <laughs> yeah, this, but the, the Odyssey is about Odysseus. This is exactly why some people would make this podcast though. So thank you for illustrating that. (laughs) But then, it's been an hour and a half. You walk out and they're like, oh, we were actually talking about Homer now. (laughs) The Odyssey's written by Homer. (laughs) His other book. is the Iliad. They were talking about the Iliad now. (laughs) He's been shitting too long. (laughs) Your dinner party is English in this universe. All dinner parties, right? Yeah, but also, like, maybe you're dating someone who's, like, super into classic literature. And you want to fool them into thinking you're smart. Yeah. This is the podcast for you. Yeah, you're, like, in a bookstore, you brush their shoulder, you're like, oh, I'm sorry, and you, like, drop a copy of (laughs) James Joyce's Ulysses. I hope you know this is the plot to that creepy Netflix show, You and Fan Bachelor. Oh, really? Ew. Well, don't do that. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So if you if you relate to any of those um, potential scenarios, this is the podcast for you. So if you have to oppress people, lie to people, or feel better about yourself, or you're just interested in a book but you're not really sure if you actually want to read it or not, you don't have to read it after this because we'll ruin it for you. We will, or we'll make it better. Can we though? We can try. <laughs> I will be summarizing a classic work of literature that Sam has never read before, which we will then discuss and analyze together. And I'm using 
analyzed very generously. And today that novel will be Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. AKA Colin Firth in a fountain. Have you seen that? I have adaptation? seen him in a fountain. So you've seen like the clip? <laughs> you were there. okay. You were at it. You were in a garden, and there was a fountain. And Colin Firth happened to be there. He happened by. I like to think of it as like reverse atonement. You know, when Keira Knightley was in the <laughs> someone's coming, a, a man's coming out of the fountain instead of a woman going into the fountain. Yes, but she also comes out of the fountain. Otherwise, she would die there. <laughs> Maybe unless she's got like a little Atlantis sitting on it. Oh my god, it's Lady in the Water by um, M. Night Shyamalan and Ding Dong. Is that, is that the plot of that? Oh no, she lives in the tub, I'm pretty sure. Oh. oh whatever. Gosh, this is already a lot of content. <laughs> anyway. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna just give you some stats about the model, stats. which I wrote down. Yeah, math. For stats. my fantasy football league. <laughs> <laughs> so published in 1813, it's considered the quintessential novel of manners, manners. a genre which recreates I'm doing air quotes. Recreates a social world conveying with finely detailed observation the customs, values, and mores of a highly developed and complex society. Thanks, Wikipedia, for that definition. Oh, I thought that was from straight from your book report. No, I didn't write that. <laughs> so it's a hey. Sorry. It's a book on like being like Downton Abbey, but not downstairs. Upstairs. Yeah, I mean, down yeah, down. a little Downton Abbey takes place. Right next. Almost like a, like next door. Almost, yeah, about a hundred years after Pride and Prejudice was published. So Downton Abbey, I think, takes place in like nineteen twelve. This is eighteen thirteen, is when this book was published. So think, so it's Napoleonic War. So think, like, n like low necklines and waists that come like just under your boobs. Wait, isn't that too saucy for the eighteen hundreds? Well, no, because you don't show any angles. And that's the Wait, sexiest I, part of the body, as we all know. I can show my entire torso and be fine, but if I show my ankle, You're it's a, juicy. Yeah. Okay, so let's start. Let's start this book. So the book starts with one of the most famous opening lines in English literature. It is a truth. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm saying it now. It is a truth universal, universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. Okay, first of all, that is not the most famous, like, opening line in literature. It's the... What is? I don't know, the Moby Dick Ahab. You know, he's like, I got a story for you, study. <laughs> <laughs> is that the line? You're like, pretty much. Like, I don't know the exact line, but I know the gist of it, which is, I got a story got for a story you, for study. Okay. So that's, that's what you would say is the number one most famous line. Yeah, quite Also, I only said one of the most famous lines. Well. So, <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> not right either. Okay, so we're in a village called Longbourn. What? So we're in an English, cute English village called Longbourn. Longbourn, okay, I was like Longbourn. <laughs> no, Longbourn. And just outside it, there's this manor called Netherfield Park. And it's like the nicest, biggest house in the neighbourhood, but it's been empty for a while. And news gets out that it's finally been leased to a rich bachelor named Charles Bingley. Wait. Yes. Is that Colin for it? No. Okay, I need to know who these are. Okay. So, the, let's, let's think of this person as... Patrick Wilson as Raoul in Phantom of the Opera. Yes. Thank that's you. actually a really good one. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. So we're going to come back to that a lot as an image for, like... Perfect. <laughs> the exactly. honourable young gentleman. So, he is a gentleman, which means he's a man of no profession. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that means he's he has inherited wealth. Yeah. Um... 
Though it doesn't necessarily mean he's noble. He's, he's just a trust fund kid. Yeah, basically. Yeah, and he's going and he's sort of got a whole big inheritance that he's probably going to buy property one day and then maintain it or or lease it or live there or whatever. They go hunting in the spring and in the winter they go to London and Sounds do great. stuff there. Yeah, I know it's great. Rich. So Bingley actually has inherited a hundred thousand pounds from his father. Is what I broke down. Thanks. It's a lot, but yeah, you can buy you can buy a place with that. No you joke. buy like three humans with that. Um, <laughs> you probably buy more than three. <laughs> Depends on the kind of human hmm? you're bidding on. Well, like a, like Taken style. <laughs> taken style, right? Because like this is like peak transatlantic slave trade era. As well. Oh yikes! Did not mean that. <laughs> so they're cheaper at this point in time. They're human beings. Yeah, <laughs> you just, just find them. <laughs> There's so many kids asking for gruel. <laughs> so this Bingley guy, mm -hmm. he's inherited a whole bunch of money, but he's still renting, even though his sisters want him to buy a place. And that kind of shows that he's kind of this vacillating guy. He's not willing to decide on anything quickly. And the news that he's moved in um, reaches the Bennett household. So that's comprised of dad, mum, and five um, unmarried daughters. Is Kira Knightley one of them? Kira Knightley's number two. Se this is we're referring to the two thousand five. Second oldest. Second <laughs> youngest. Second oldest. Oh god. So the oldest is Jane, and Jane's twenty three. Then Elizabeth, who's Kira Knightley's character, who usually goes by Lizzie in the book, um, is twenty. Then Mary and Kitty, and then the youngest is Lydia, who's 15. So their mum is a ditz and a gossip, and is immediately planning on hooking up. <gasps> Would Jennifer Coolidge play her in an adaptation? Is that who is she? Jennifer Coolidge, like, oh my god, she's in everything. She's the evil stepmom in a Cinderella story. Okay, okay. Is that the kind I of... I don't know, she's kind of, she's, she's ditz, she doesn't... But she's not, she's not, like, mean, she's just... No, so I'll, I'll you you'll get a better impression of her character in a second. Yeah. Sorry, I got adjusted. So she's immediately planning on hooking him up with one of her daughters, um, and asks her husband, Mister Bennett, to call on him, which means like to welcome him into the neighborhood to like go visit his house and be like, "Hey, we're your neighbors." Yeah. Welcome to the rich block. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. And that's always struck me as kind of weird that you could just rock up to people's houses uninvited, but that was like... It was literally the 1800s, there was nothing to do. <laughs> there was no TV back then. That's true. Like, your neighbors were your TV. That's so true. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Like the movie Disturbia with Shia LaBeouf. Oh. In which... His Shia... neighbors are his TV, because he's on <laughs> house arrest, because he's 17. Wait, why punched is he his sister? No, he punched his sister. Is he grounded or is he, he really arrested? He punched his teacher. He got oh. his dad died, and okay. his teacher was like, "Your dad wouldn't be proud of you," and he was like, oh. "That was the punch." <laughs> wow. Okay. House arrest. I thought no, you because you made shooting hands there, and then I got confused for a second. I thought he shot um, his teacher. Okay. I feel like that's worse than house arrest if you shoot someone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's seventeen, <laughs> Mister Bennett. Who's um, Dad Bennett? We'll call him. Yeah, the bomb.com. He pretends that he's not going to visit him just to mess with her. 
the mom. Oh my yeah. god, do they have like a little playful relationship? Um, it's really one-sided. She never gets that he's pulling a joke on her. <laughs> he's tricking his wife and then... Yeah, he pretends he's not going to just to mess with her, but he does. And everyone's super excited because that means... Um, because that means they're allowed to meet him. Because without him going and like introducing him and like the family, if, if they went and introduced themselves, it would be like improper, if that makes sense. Because he's like the man of the household or whatever. Yeah. I understand um, gender politics. Yeah, well, there's like a lot of like social rules, many of which I don't even understand. Are you meant to understand them more than me? Well, I mean, I read the book. <laughs> I played the game. You know, the card game of this. Oh, uh, yeah? You know, like, in 2016, we mm. played the game. Yeah. The game. <laughs> the game. <laughs> Mary and Mr. Bassey, the board game. That one. Yeah. Okay, so. Sponsor us. <laughs> so, Bingley returns the visit a few days later, but he doesn't actually meet the girls then. So they invite him to dinner, but he's away in London, it's like ships in the night, thing about that. <laughs> Where were the girls? Where else could they be? They were hiding upstairs. Why? Come out. Um, sure. They've got the pox. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Why else? Okay, but then a week or so passes and he's back and he's brought four other people with him. Ooh. He has two sisters, Caroline Bingley, who's single, and Louisa Hurst, who's married to Mr. Hurst, obviously. And last but not least, Mr. Fitzwilliam Darcy. His name's Fitzwilliam? His first name's Fitzwilliam, but it's literally never brought up. He's a cat. Oh, speaking of cats. Cat. Speaking of cats, the vet next to our house, there's a random, there's a great cat that's like the vet cat. Uh -huh. His name is Mr. Darcy. Oh, uh, is it snobby? No, he's actually super cuddly. Oh. Very heavy. That's interesting because Mr. Darcy is kind of... A snob, yeah. Well, he's the pride. Though. Yeah, he, he's Colin Firth in Bridget Jones' diary. Yeah, that's true. Actually. For real. She Bridget like, Jones, nice, yeah. <laughs> I know this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Bridget Jones' diary is based on Pride and Prejudice. No, just, just, what's his face? Just call him Yeah. Okay. No, for real, it is. No, it is a little bit. And you'll, and you'll Jones see. Jones in the 1800s. Well, think about it. When, when, when you hear the rest of the story, I think you'll, you'll kind of see how. Okay. We'll put a pin yeah. in that. Yeah, we will. So they all go to a ball in the nearby town of Meryton. So there's like little village Longbourn, big town Meryton. And all the Bennett ladies go. Um, and all Mr. Bingley's people go. Mm. And Jane dances with Bingley twice. Which is hot stuff. Is that James cool? had the oldest one? She has yeah. the oldest one. How old's Bingley? Do we ever know? I uh, don't know. Yeah. Early, mid-twenties? Yeah, probably. You know, inheriting age. Inheriting age. <laughs> yeah. Ripe age. <laughs> um, but if James 23, then he's probably like... 25, I want to say. Yeah. I feel like it's a safe bet. I think we can say that. And he's like sweet and earnest. And um, Lizzie over here is Bingley saying to Darcy that Jane is the most beautiful creature he's ever beheld. That's kind of nice, right? Yeah, it is. And it's so funny because they use the word creature so much to like talk about people, which makes me think it's like the Sorry. the nineteenth century no, like the nineteenth century version of like human. Like I love this human. They like posts on you know like this post on Instagram where it's like this is my best friend. I love this human. Happy birthday. You're not seeing that. You're not friends with enough Zoomers. Zoomers? Yeah, Generation Z. Oh. That's what they call them now. So, Lizzie has beamly said to Darcy that Jane is the most beautiful creature he's ever beheld. And he tells Darcy who's being socially awkward and standing in the corner with, like, a glass of punch, I wrote, but that's not it. That he should dance with someone. What about Elizabeth? Uh, she's, like, almost as hot as the big sister. 
And Lizzie overhears Darcy say she's not handsome enough to tempt Moo. How old how is Jane super hot? Like, would Margot Robbie play her or something? Um, Rosamund Pike played her. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, in the Kira Knight. Oh, so, yeah. boy. Bingley isn't like Ben Affleck, right? This isn't Gone Girl. No, this, no, hopefully not. Um, I mean, we obviously don't know what happens after they get married, which they do. I mean, spoilers. But yeah. we That's good for them. Yeah. Two hot, rich people. Mm. We need more of those. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, Darcy just read. Yeah, so she immediately Lizzie. doesn't like him. Well, yeah, he called her like ugly. Yeah. Um, and rude. His, <laughs> and his snooty attitude has the same effect on the whole neighborhood. Oh, I love him. He's a cat. Someone please pet him. <laughs> but no, but he'd be that. He'd be that cat that would like hiss at you. No, not hiss. Just be like standoffish. Yeah, yeah. He's not rabid. <laughs> They get home and tell Dad everything until he begs them to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to do a roll call of Mr. Bennett's sick burns later. So <gasps> he has sick burns? He does. Would, yeah. Okay. Would they be like Phil and Claire Dunphy but reversed? Like the dad is Claire. I don't know who you're talking about. Oh, the water family. No, I haven't, I haven't seen it. I'm sorry. That's fine. Um, so Jane and Lizzie debrief upstairs about um, Mr. Bingley. And they disagree about whether his sisters are nice or not. And Lizzie doesn't think so. She's like, no. God, God, I'm sort of bitchy. Bitchy vibe from bitchy the sisters. Bitchy from the sisters, yeah. Nice. But Jane's like one of those people who like wants to like everyone because she's so terrified of conflict that she like makes excuses for other people. Are you, are you feeling attacked? Sorry? I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. No. Um, later when... Darcy, Bingley, and the sisters are like having a similar debrief like across the way. Oh my god, everyone's just like... It is, it's like 1813 Gossip Girl. Oh my god. Yeah, genuinely. (laughs) Darcy criticizes Jane for smiling too much. What? Yeah, she smiles too much, it's slutty. It's slutty, she's too happy. It's It's suspicious. (laughs) Why is she so happy? She should be oppressed. Bingley's sisters, on the other hand, find Jane to be a sweet girl, um, which makes Bingley feel like more secure about liking her. Good. Yeah, he sounds like he can't like someone until someone else is like, she's fine. So now we meet the Bennett family's neighbours, Sir William and Lady Lucas, who have a daughter, Charlotte Lucas, who's Elizabeth's closest friend besides her big oh, sister Jane. Best friend. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. Over the next couple of days, the Bingleys visit a couple of times, and the sisters befriend Jane, and Bingley keeps paying attention to her, and Elizabeth sees Jane falling in love with him, but she's really calm and composed about it, and she, she conceals it very well. She's, like, not giving too much away. She doesn't want to seem thirsty. She's just, like, super she's polite, cool super girl. nice. She has a cool girl. I wish I was Rosamund Pike. Can you imagine? I saw a photo All the doors that would open for you if you were Rosamund Pike. <laughs> ben Affleck's dick. <laughs> I think the whole world got a bit of that Alex dick in Gone Girl. But the door was open exclusively to her. I don't want the dick. I'm saying it's there if I want it. Like for later. Are you sure you don't want it? Have you investigated this? It's pretty big, actually. It was huge. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Wasn't it? Oh, I just wanted to say Yeah, sure. Everyone was, like, writing think pieces about it. It was crazy. It was It was pretty big. It was like, yeah. I get it. All right. All right. Okay. Bye, All right. Jennifer Garner. <laughs> Sorry about this. 
Um, no, I was gonna tell you, I saw like a photo shoot of Rosamund Pike like as Grace Kelly. <gasps> of course. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. So, Charlotte Lucas, so they're like kind of like talking about Jane being like, because that's sort of what's happening in the neighborhood. And Charlotte Lucas warns Lizzie that if Jane hides her. Affection. They call it regard. <laughs> Because it's like, you know, it's like, I like him. I don't know if I like, like him. It's like they had more words to sort of kind of differentiate those sure. <laughs> emotions, I'd say. So she warns Lizzie if Jane hides it too well, Bingley might actually get the wrong idea. He mm. might think Jane's not into him. So your boys are, mm. like... Stupid? Yes. <laughs> you can say that. I don't think I'll have any so it's not controversial for you. <laughs> There's a ring on that little white finger. <laughs> See any rings on these sausages? <laughs> So you're saying you can't, um, you can't criticize men just in case none of them Yeah, I have to be married first. <laughs> and then I'll be like, ah, men. Can't, can't live with them, can't live without them, am I right? In your lawn chair with your pabs. <laughs> yes. That's what you do right when you're married. Yeah, no, oh, every day. Every day. And when he comes, he tries to serve me lemonade and I like, smash it out of his hands. I'm like, clean the kitchen. <laughs> That's funny because he does that to you. <laughs> Does not. So while Lizzie says it's better for a young woman to be patient until she's sure of her feelings, Charlotte, on the other hand, thinks it's better to not know anything about the faults of your future husband before you marry him. Uh, like, go in blind. And it's like, once you're married, you're like, we can't divorce, so we'll have to deal with it. Exactly. That becomes significant later. So put it in that. But in the meantime, I've written in capital letters. Darcy realizes he's kind of attracted to Elizabeth. Oh, fuck Despite what he originally said. It's like she's all feisty and she's her own woman, and he's like... It's pretty much exactly what it is. Um, she notices him listening into her conversations a little bit at parties, which I actually think is kind of cute. Well, he's just stalking her. Not stalking, but just, like, standing near. Literally like a cat. Swirling his butt. Yeah. Yeah, like, they come in the room, just hang out with you for a bit, and leave. Yeah. I, well, I think that's partly, like, the title Pride and Prejudice, they warn you not to take it too seriously, because this was not a sequel, but, like, a follow-up to her novel Sense and Sensibility. Well, so we they're thinking, that one too, then. Well, eventually, sure. But um, the, point, the point about the title is that they wanted it to kind of match a little bit for marketing reasons. Like, hey, you guys are like Sense and Sensibility. Pride and Prejudice by the same order. Two more adjectives, you believe. Exactly. And so um, I feel like it's shoehorned a little bit into the novel. Like, every time they're like, his pride! and then, then His prejudice! <laughs> yeah, her prejudice. Um, no sense. No sensibility. <laughs> but yeah, that was exactly... <laughs> it's like, that was two sense, two sensibility. <laughs> <laughs> two pride, two with prejudice. A, with a, yeah. yeah, the number two. <laughs> with the number two. Tokyo Drift. <laughs> <laughs> At one party at the Lucas house, Sir William tries to get him to dance with Elizabeth, but she refuses. I think he notices that, like, Darcy kind of likes her, and he's, like, trying to... Well, Elizabeth heard him calling her ugly. I know. And I don't even know if he, like, meant it. He did it. He was just being standoff. Yeah, he was trying to get, like, Bingley to leave him alone because he was experiencing massive social anxiety. Yeah, because he's... Which people didn't know about. Oh, yeah, they're probably just, like... Depression. <laughs> you mean <What>? malaise? <laughs> you mean melancholy? Hysteria. <laughs> Off with her uterus. <laughs> Fill a jar with bees. 
Cleo Patton did that. What? As a vibrator. Oh, that's so smart. Not for the bees. That's why we don't have bees. Cleopatra killed her with her pussy. <laughs> with her enormous orgasms. All, all the bees in the world are in Cleopatra's dead fucking pussy. <laughs> Oh, uh, did you know I saw her in when I went to England? I saw her coffin. Oh, I just like I was in the British Museum and I just stumbled across it. I'm like, buzzing. I had no idea that it would be in England. Like, why would it be in England? Just hanging. Because they steal things and they should really give them back. But then I, <laughs> then this is this is like illustrative of my um, insecurities at the time. I like looked at how much she weighed and it was 75 kilos and I was one kilo less than her and I was like, yes, but I'm made. <laughs> You were proud because you laid a kilo less and They clean her. Well, she was supposed to be like the sexiest woman in history, right? Although it's probably not true. Yeah. It's probably just like an excuse Romans made up when she was so powerful. Yeah, like she's she's hot, probably, yeah. But like sexiest? Why do you think the sexiest person in history is? Person or woman? Um, either or both. I'll have a think while you keep telling me the... Okay. Not, but I do really like the meme photo of him, like, being upset outside and smoking, because I feel that. You know when he's just, like, outside and he's got his hands in, like, his pockets and he's just like... <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds great. And I'm just like, just going through it. Yeah. You got this bit, Affleck. Oh my gosh. Okay, so we, that was, we got through one sentence. Okay, so, so William tries to get him to dance with Elizabeth, but she refuses. Who the fuck's William again? So William Lucas, he's oh, like yeah, got it now. Neighbors, their neighbor who's like a knight. So he's actually what the cool. fuck? I don't know. He was probably in the military. Heath Ledger would play him, right? Heath Ledger. Oh my goodness! No, no, it's way more like um. I was uh, like Monty Python. <laughs> no, no, more like um. Timeline. <laughs> Billy Connolly actually would be a great actor to play. Oh, like a bit older, a bit like silly. Okay, Billy, perfect. Um, she keeps being referred to as smiling archly at him. Wait, like, whenever she's being sarcastic, she's, archly. she says it archly. Or, um, they're, so, they're flirting. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, every year, which I guess means like mischievously, but always seems really flirty, and Darcy definitely likes it. Yeah. Oh my god. Whenever you, she's like sassy and sarcastic. Y'all may as well like, fuck so, on the okay. dance floor. <laughs> Caroline Bingley is desperate to get Darcy to notice her because she's single. And he's rich. Um, and she wants to be Mrs. Darcy. So she starts bitching to him about the other people that are at the party. That would make him like her less. I know. She's an idiot. Oh, I wish we were there to give her some life coaching, honestly. No. Because as you might expect, all it serves to do is get Darcy to admit that he's crushing on Lizzie. And then he's like, I, I, think, she has, <laughs> I think she has very fine eyes. Oh my god, that's him declaring his love for her. Yeah, essentially. Real. Yeah. Okay, so Jane gets an invite to Netherfield Park for a day. Um, and Mrs. Bennett, she's crafty and she really wants Jane to get married to Bingley. She yeah. sends Jane by horse oh. instead of by coach. So she rides on horseback. Because that, she, is it sexier? Well, she knows it's going to rain. And that means Jane's going to have to spend the night. Yeah. Mom, not so dirty after all. <laughs> because it actually does rain. Jane is she gets sick. sick. <laughs> she does, she gets sick. <laughs> um, and she's forced to stay in bed at Neverfield, so she can't go home at all. But wait, she, how she far are those horses? Oh, no, wait, no, they went They're like four miles. So it's, still, it's a long way. Those four horses. 
Uber pool, like Uber. <laughs> 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 you know, two horses to. Can two. you imagine, like Uber coach? Uber coach, yeah, it'll be like the start of the favorite. Yeah, that's Uber coach. You know, the the guy that was jerking off and Emma Stone's like, oh, yuck. <laughs> <laughs> Same, Emma. That's a great movie. Good movie. If you don't Sponsors. like reading, but you do like period stuff, you should check it out. Yes. Okay. So Lizzie walks over to visit. And um, yeah, five miles. In the movie, does she get all like disheveled and sweaty? Or... Yeah, when she gets there, she's sure the Bingleys are judging her dirty stockings and petticoat. <gasps> so she's like pulled up her skirts <gasps> so they don't get dirty, but her petticoat and stockings, she can't help them getting dirty because it's like it's been raining, it's muddy. Did they not? And, but then she like puts her dress over it to like hide it. And Did like, they not have spare boards? Um, she decided to walk. Her mom didn't stop her? Yeah. I think she tried, actually, but yeah, I don't know. This is headstrong, Sam. Oh, sorry. <laughs> they kind of, like, are judging her and giving her... Oh, Darcy is probably so refreshed. She's like, I love a woman with mud on her petticoat. <laughs> um, Jane insists that her sister spend the night. She's like, I don't know if I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, back in the old days, if you have a cold, you could die. Yeah. Um, so while Lizzie's there, she banters a bit with Mr. Darcy. and Just she say more fuller. She starts getting more attracted to her and kind of defends her when Bingley sisters make fun of her as well. So, I love a man who stands up for his life. life. No, this literally happens with Bridget Jones. They're all making fun of her. And then he comes out and he's like, I like you just the way you are. And I'm like, oh my god, Colin Firth likes me the way. It's genuinely like a modern adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. Honestly, like I'm not kidding. It's like ten things I hate about you. For Shakespeare, mm. it's like that for Pride and Prejudice. I don't really see Bridget as Lizzie too much. I like definitely. No, that bit's different. Lizzie's a bit more. Definitely, together. Colin is Mr. Darcy. Well, his name's like, Darcy, isn't it? Mark Darcy. Yeah, yes. and they like cast him after he did the BBC. Program. Yeah, like she li- literally wrote the book after mm. watching that movie. Really, it's basically like fan fiction. Oh my god. So Mr. Bennet's property is entailed, meaning that it must pass to a man after Mr. Bennet's death and cannot be inherited by any of his daughters. Great, thanks. Um, so as in Sense and Sensibility, Jane Austen emphasizes the matter of entailment in order to create a sense of urgency about the sense of a husband. She's like legitimizing the husband hunting thing by being like, this is their livelihoods. Like it's, it's, it's high stakes be, for them. They gotta be wives or else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ripley's believe it or else. <laughs> Though Jane is the eldest child in a fairly well-off family, her status as a woman precludes her from enjoying the success of her her father has experienced. When so, when their father dies, the estate's going to turn over to Mister Collins. So he's the oldest male relative, right? Ew, that little squirrely guy. Yeah. From that movie, was trying to. I was thinking Matthew Broderick. Yeah, like old Matthew Broderick. Like um. Not yeah. Not Ferris Bueller, Matthew Broderick, like. Past his prime, Matthew Broderick. Is that mean? I don't want to hurt Matthew Broderick's feelings. I don't think, he seems like a good guy. I don't think he'll hear it. I think he's he, fine. You don't know, man. Why would Matthew Broderick... Maybe he just loves Pride and Prejudice. He's like, any Pride and Prejudice content he will absorb. <laughs> I would love that if that were true. Like, he collects it. Memorabilia. Yeah. <laughs> his favorite Liz, Lizzie is... I don't know... Some obscure one from the 40s or something. Nah. It's Keira no, Knightley. It's Knightley. She was a pretty good one. Did you know Keira Knightley was only 18 in Love Actually? Ugh. She was 18. That's and too like, young to be married. And- <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? Silly. 
<laughs> You're funny. Anyway, also, she's 18, <laughs> and um, Liam Neeson's little son, little Jojen Reed. Oh, yeah. He was <laughs> Jojen Reed. I, think, I knew his name, Thomas. I don't care. Something. He was 13, and he looked like he was, like, four years old. That's true. <laughs> so little. Well, was he malnourished? He's just little. Yeah. He's little. <laughs> little. <laughs> but, yeah, Keira Knightley, she's 18, and she straight up looked like she's 26. That's true. It's the cheekbones there, I think. I think she's just really skinny. Yeah. It's, she just has those haunted eyes. <laughs> like she's seen some dark. Pirate ghosts. <laughs> she's seen some pirate ghosts. She's seen them. The Caribbean home yeah. of pirates. <laughs> pirates of. The um, Caribbean. The, Caribbean. <laughs> the next day, Lizzie's mum and two youngest sisters arrive to visit Jane. And they are super embarrassing. They always are. Yeah. Mrs. Bennett keeps complimenting Bingley. Like on... I don't, I don't even remember, like, the house? <laughs> I don't know. And she's trying to convince like on him on his to money, st- probably. <laughs> on his manor. And she's trying to convince him to stay in that field. And then she's prattling on about how beautiful Jane is. She's, like, the most beautiful girl in the town. Isn't she, Mr. Mainly? And <laughs> nudge, nudge. <laughs> and her other daughters are like, what am I, a bag of chap liver? <laughs> well, Lydia is demanding Bingley hold a ball. Yep. She wants a ball. But he's he's actually super nice about it, and he and, agrees. Yeah, she gets one. Fucking yeah. hell, she does. It's terrible parenting. <laughs> Treat him mean, keep him keen. That's <laughs> what they say about kids. <laughs> Treat him mean, keep him keen. Oh, that explains so much about you as a person. <laughs> about how I was raised. Like I get you. <laughs> Though, so they leave and Lizzie stays and that night Caroline is super thirsty over Darcy. Yeah. Complimenting his letter writing like you write so fast your lines are so straight. <laughs> and he's like there thank you. <laughs> he's just like it's deep. Did you not go to boarding school? <laughs> Can you not write? <laughs> what do you need me to show? She's like yeah. Like you know he teaches her, like they're playing golf but it's writing. <laughs> he like he She's reaches like, around her like <laughs> Patrick like, Swayze and goes tell me how to do it. <laughs> And he's just like getting disgusted. Like, <laughs> she's a typewriter. I don't care. Well, Darcy and Lizzie are still getting along, so she starts getting jealous. So, and later she keeps trying to get his attention by like criticizing the foolishness of balls. I think that's like a dig at Lydia. Dig. And eventually she like gives up and starts walking around the room. I think she was like he was reading, and then she was reading. Like she sat next to him and like read the second volume of the book that he was reading. And she was like, let me know when you want to borrow this one. It's pretty good. I'm almost done with it. And it's like upside down. And she's, like, she's like, it's so boring. She eventually puts it down and she just gets up and she just starts walking around the room. I feel that. You know, you know, it's like when you're like, all right, I'm, do- I'm done being subtle. Just pay attention to me. Just any attention. Well, he doesn't pay attention to her. He doesn't pay attention to her until she invites Lizzie to get up and join her in her walk around the room. Around the room? How big is the fucking room? <laughs> Not big. It's just like um, like a box tip. Just like yeah. <laughs> it's like a closet. <laughs> anyway, and they have this debate while they're up there. Well, like he's they're like, do you want to come join us, Dustin? And he's like, no. You can only have two reasons for walking around the room. And they're like, oh, what are they? And he's like, well, one one of them is that you have secret matters to discuss, and like and, periods and stuff. Yeah, like women's business. Periods. And then and then he would get in the way. And the only other objective is you know that your figures appear to the best advantage in walking. Oh my god. And I can admire them much better from here. No, he's like, 
Hate to see you leave, but love to watch. No, hate to see you go, but love to watch you leave. <laughs> you know that thing? Yeah. It was the butt. They, they have this debate about whether there's something in his character they can ridicule. So many. Yeah. And Darcy reckons his only fault is resentment. He says, my good opinion once lost is lost forever. First of all, he's uh, so rude. <laughs> he's just like, he's just like, oh, you have your family, embarrassing you, okay looking. <laughs> basically what he says like the night he meets her he's just like she's fine <laughs> do you think that's romantic no <laughs> i'm fine the next morning dad tells us mr collins is coming to visit so mr collins is a priest who's going to inherit mr bennett's property collins arrives at longbourn and he makes a big deal about being and he makes a big deal about apologizing for being entitled to the Bennett's property. He's like apologizing for his privilege. He's like, I'm oh, sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. But he also keeps admiring and complimenting the house that will one day be his. He's like, sorry, like, I love this. <laughs> Crown molding, yeah. Mm, yeah, I might actually put a, like a big mirror up there. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm, oh, I love this. <laughs> um, Mr. Collins is super weird. Yeah. He's like pompous and also excessively deferring. Matthew Broderick. Yeah, like I said. So he's decided he needs to get married to one of the Bennett girls. Sure, he's decided. <laughs> His patroness, basically the lady of the parish where he's priest, so she's like the landed gentry of that area. She has insisted that he does. That's Lady Catherine de Berg. I wonder who that could be. Um, Mrs. Bennett, on the other hand, hints that Jane may soon be engaged so he decides on Elizabeth. <laughs> so at first he's like super into Jane because obviously she's Rosamund Pike. Yeah. She's gorgeous. Unfortunately, she has to frame Ben Affleck for her murder. <laughs> she's busy. busy. <laughs> she's, got st- she's got schedule. <laughs> it's, it's like calendar where it's like kill self question. I love it. Like she moves the post around. <laughs> and I'm like, rel- Stop it. The next day he accompanies the system to Meriton, which is the nearby town. And they, that's where they like do their shopping. Sure. Um, and there they are introduced to Mr. Wicker, who has just joined the militia. Oh, never mind. He's super charming. He'll be dead soon. And handsome. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're just chilling at the moment. I don't think they're at war with anyone at the moment. So it's literally just like a job. Oh, it's just like looking hot in uniform. Mm. They had such nice uniforms at that period of time. I think this is the best period for men's fashion and the worst period for women's fashion because they all look pregnant. It's that high waist, right under the bust. I don't have as many opinions as you do about this. I want to know more then about... Do, then please defer to mine. <laughs> I want to know more about this sexy, handsome, dead soldier. Well, before you get to learn anything about him, who happens by except Darcy and Bingley? Their faces go white. <gasps> and they're super cold to each other. So she figures they have some history. The next party they go to, Wickham is there. <gasps> they hooked up in college. <laughs> and he tells her about how he knows Darcy. <gasps> he was the son of Darcy's father, Stuart. So the late Mr. Darcy's steward was Mr. Wickham's father. Steward? Is that like a... Oh, like, um... Like a fancy servant? Yeah, like a really fancy servant. Like, like accountant as well. Sure. Almost. They kind of dealt with all the... The money comings and goings of the house. They bought the food and... and like the maker of the house. Yeah, a bit, I guess. The, the, but, the Dutch? The Butcher. <laughs> no, oh my god, what a concept for a TV show. The Butcher. <laughs> butler. 
he give the red napkin to tonight? Such a work. Wiccan says he planned on entering the church rather than the army, which is like virtue signaling majorly, but whatever. Mm. Um, but apparently he was unable to do so because he lacked the money. Darcy's father, he says, had intended to provide for him. But Darcy used a loophole in the will to keep the money for himself. And now he's destitute. Um, obviously because Wickham's super charming and wonderful. Super hard. And it's just really nice. Sounds hard. She yeah. just accepts his story as truth. And she decides she hates Darcy. Dude, dude, this is Bridget Jones Sawyer because that's Hugh Grant. And he's I like, literally have he's called like, you. He's like, Colin Firth slept with my Japanese wife. And then the racist one was like, it's Japanese, it's a cruel race. And then, whoa, what? Oh yeah, there was some racism there from that old okay. lady. And then there's like this sex thing and anyway. Yeah, no, it's it's I told you already. It's almost a one for one adaptation, mate. Didn't you just say mate? I did. That's my new thing. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. Okay. Anyway, Hugh Grant's there, yep. Wickham doesn't actually come to the ball in that field. So you know that ball Bingley mm-hmm. promised to throw? Wickham yeah, the one that Lydia was just like, I want to Balls. I want a ball. I like balls. <laughs> Give me a ball, daddy. <laughs> She's very herself. Yes. <laughs> that's literally all. Lizzie's super bummed. She's been staring at the door like all night. You know those nights when you're like, the party, the crush is going to be there. Apparently. Oh, no. You're staring at me. Oh, she into Wiggum? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. But he's poor. And that is his rent. He's the right thing, Liz. You're only saying that because you know how it's gonna end. Well, they're endgame, obviously. Like, why <laughs> else would people say these names so much? If Darcy was just gonna be some fuck. Okay, boy. sure, you know how it's gonna end, but put yourself in her shoes. I guess if I heard, I'd be like, and also she's all already wary of him because you mm-hmm. know he called her Ugo. Yeah, hundred percent. And so now she's like waiting, the, you know, staring at the door all night. She's waiting for him to show up. Yeah, and it turns out he's not coming. Oh, wait, 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 um, yes, I thought, I was like, Darcy's there. <laughs> he lives there. Um, and Lizzie's told that it's because he's avoiding Darcy. Yes. Um, she's forced to dance with Collins twice, and he's not good at it, because he made a promise before they left the house. I was like, right. and I hope you'll save the first two dances for me. And she was like, fine. And he's just like, he's dear God, dancing. please don't let me embarrass myself. <laughs> Love, Collins. And then, <laughs> and then, as if things couldn't get any worse, Darcy asks her to dance. <gasps> and she's super pissed at this point. Does she step on his foot like in Princess Diaries <laughs> too? Yeah. So it's probably confusing to him how nasty she is, but she ends up mentioning Wickham, and so the dance like ends quite awkwardly. Um, you know, like, oh, did you know him? <laughs> I saw <Ain't> him. Wickham. <laughs> Wickham. <laughs> I know, friend. <laughs> Caroline comes over later. Oh, fuck this bitch. <laughs> and warns Elizabeth not to trust Wickham. Mm. And Lizzie's like, well, she's a bitch, so I'm going to trust Wickham more. Damn it! <laughs> Jane comes over and gives the gossip that Bingley told her, and apparently he said that Darcy did nothing wrong and Wickham was the asshole, but he has no further information, and she figures that he doesn't know the full story. And he's just like, he's my friend. I believe him. Uh, Raul. Yeah. He's got to know the gossip more, you know? Meanwhile, everyone in her family is embarrassing her. Yeah. Mr. Collins has realized that Darcy's related to his patroness, Lady Catherine, yeah. and he's her oh. nephew. 
So he's like, I'm going to go and introduce myself. And, like, <laughs> and socially, that's like not okay. You need to wait for an introduction. Fat new brother, it's <laughs> At supper, Mrs. Bennett talks okay. about how Bingley and Jane are going to marry. Ugh. They're just going to get married. So loudly, Elizabeth has to tell her to shut up. Like, it's very presumptuous. No, and she notices that Darcy has heard all of them. Oh, no. Um, He's always lurking. <laughs> Mrs. Bennett ignores her. And then Mary, the middle sister, yeah. who, um, I don't know if you know this, but I actually played Mary in a, a play version of Pride and Precious. Um, She's the ugly, nerdy one. Um, um, why were you okay with being cast as well? Uh, I guess being funny. Can't say funny. Anyway, was that not a read on you? Like, we need someone ugly, we need someone nerdy. And you were like, <gasps> it 100% was. Me! I also just really wanted to be in theater. Mm-hmm. Was so, this in high school? Um, no, this was like in my undergrad. <laughs> so she performs a terrible song. Oh, no. And then Mr. Collins delivers a speech of epic and absurd pomposity. Oh, nice. What happened to the other baby ones? Lydia and... Oh, they're just being just slutted up on the dance floor. <laughs> just like slut dropping. <laughs> There's some dead drops. Yeah. <laughs> it's like voguing on the dance floor. <laughs> awesome. With all the uniforms. Um, they, they love the, the officers. Of course. It's like part of their character. They're obsessed with the military officers. Well, the uniforms. I know. It's sexy. true. We feel for them. And the soldiers or the sluts? The girls, the sluts. Yeah. <laughs> we feel for the sluts. That's, that's, that's what the show's about. We yeah. feel for the sluts. The next day, Mr. Collins proposes marriage to Elizabeth. Oh. <laughs> he's had two dances and he's ready. <laughs> he's just like, we're meant to be father. <laughs> she politely says no, but he thinks that she's playing hard to get. Oh, God. Um, Mrs. Bennett, on the other hand, knows Lizzie is being serious about it, and she's pissed. She tells Elizabeth that if she does not marry Mr. Collins, she will never see her again. And she asks Mr. Bennett to make Elizabeth marry him. And then he says, this is a quote, An unhappy alternative is before you, Elizabeth. From this day, you must be a stranger to one of your parents. Your mother will never see you again. Sorry. You ruined your own quote. Your mother will never see you again. If you do not marry Mr. Collins, and I will never see you again if you do. Huh? So, wait, her dad hates Mr. Collins. Too. Oh, yeah, he's the worst. Well, I'm with her dad, and isn't yeah. he like fun dad, cool dad, Bennett? As well. Her dad is the best. Um, a few days later, a letter arrives for Jane from Caroline Bingley, informing her that Bingley and his party are returning to London. No! Indefinitely. <gasps> yes. What the fuck? Why? <laughs> she also implies that Bingley plans to marry Darcy's sister, his little sister Georgiana, who's like eighteen. Yikes! Um, that's fine in the olden times. Normal, yeah. Eighteen? That's like old maid by then. <laughs> Get married. I am forty-five years old. Elizabeth comforts <laughs> Jane, telling her that this turn of events is all Miss Bingley's doing, not her brother's. So she's like, it's a conspiracy. By Carolyn. Mm-hmm. And she assures her that Bingley will return to Netherfield. And they have this conversation that I feel like you and I personally have had a bunch of times. About what? About whether someone who's, like, hurt you um, or insulted you has done it on purpose or not. Okay. So Jane's like, oh, no, they wouldn't, you know, it's really... <laughs> 
it's probably just an accident. It's probably, you know, they're tired. They're busy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, he just said he married her because he was tired. It's fine. They're going to love Jane wants to, like, think the best of Caroline. She's like, no, she, she couldn't be, like, purposefully trying to separate us. Mm. That's a crazy, psycho, nasty thing to do. And they're not crazy or psycho or nasty. Caroline. <laughs> Whereas Lizzie's like, no, the Bingley sisters have played it all and they have an M for Jane and Bingley's relationship. Yeah. And I just wanted to take a quick moment for a best of Mr. Bean's Burns. <laughs> oh, cool that Bennett. Yeah. All right, here we go. <laughs> okay, so this is after hearing about Jane's situation with, um, with Bingley. So, like, this is, like, right at this moment. He says, so Lizzie, he said one day, your sister is crossed in love, I find. I congratulate her. Next to being married, a girl likes to be crossed a little in love now and then. It is something to think of, and it gives her a sort of distinction among her companions. When is your turn to come? It will hardly bear to be long outdone by Jane. Now is your time. Here are officers enough in Meryton to, dis- to disappoint all the young ladies in the country. Ha! Let Wickham be your man. He is a pleasant fellow and would jilt you creditably. Oh my god, what a cool dad. Why is no one trying to bomb the dad? <laughs> I would try to believe He's married and old. Sure. And um, this is when Mrs. Bennett um, wants him to go visit Bingley at the beginning of the story mm-hmm. um, so that he may fall in love with one of the girls. He says, I see no occasion for that. You and the girls may go, or you may send them by themselves, which perhaps will still be better. But as you are as handsome as any of them, Mr. Bingley may, like you, the rest of the party. Is he called his white hat? Yeah, he is. Oh, saucy. <laughs> And finally, when they're telling him about Bingley, who Bingley danced with at Marrington Ball, you know, he's like, oh my gosh, shut up, leave me alone. Do you remember that part? And then he danced two dances with Jane in her hot stuff. Mr. Bennett says, if he had any compassion for me, he would not have danced half so much. For God's sake, say no more of his partners. Oh, that he sprained his ankle in the first dance. What a sassy guy. He's so sassy. Is there a spin-off for Cool Dad Bennett? <laughs> Like, the Avengers Mr. Bennett. <laughs> it's just him trying to prank his wife. <laughs> it's he's Ashton Kutcher and Pop. Yeah, I was going to say, he's like um, Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> the the camera. <laughs> <laughs> we suddenly hear that Mr. Collins has proposed to Charlotte Lucas, Lizzie's best friend. And she's accepted. <gasps> Elizabeth is shocked, and she's like a bit pissed. Yeah. And it kind of ruins their friendship Yeah, because Charlotte's going to live in her fucking house. That's weird. Um, Charlotte insists that the marriage is a good idea. She's not interested in marrying for love. But he's like, how can you? How can you compromise your values? Why are you going to live in my house? (laughs) You're going to be in my room. Um, Jane, meanwhile, is invited to London with the Gardeners, their uncle and aunt on their mum's side. So their mum had a brother, Mr. Gardner, and then... I have a question for the teacher. Um, (laughs) So they get married. Where do they live while... Dad Bennett is still alive. Where Mr. Collins was living before. Ew, which is in, the, his in the priest dorms? Um, he's got like a little cottage near the church on <sighs> Lady Catherine's land, oh. remember? Lady Catherine? Um, Darcy's aunt. So, so they're just going to wait it out. So when he dies, they get to move in. And everyone else in there has to shut up. They might not even move in. They might just like let it. Anyway. It's dumb. So the gardeners are actually really nice and sensible. Um, He's like a lawyer or something. So they're not like gentle. Ooh. Mr. Gardner, the uncle. Lizzie's uncle and aunt. Oh. On whose side? Mother's that? side. So mother's brother. Okay. And his wife. Got it. So they, they're really nice and they're really sensible and they see that Jane's sad so they hope that like a change in scenery might raise his spirits. So they bring it to London and they're like, sit aside, go, go to the Tower of London. <laughs> How far is London from where they are? Is it like Geraldine mm. to Melbourne? Yeah, like a couple hours, I'd say. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jane accepts. She knows in London she might get an opportunity to see Mr. Bingley as well. Oh, 
Jane! But Jane's no. letters are from London recount how she called on Caroline and how Caroline was actually quite cold to her. And then when she paid her a visit in return, as it's like polite, she was still like, it was really brief and she was still quite cold. Um, and Jane writes that she thinks Caroline sees her as an obstacle to Bingley yes. marrying Georgiana Darcy. Oh my god, you stupid bitch. That's what she's been saying from the fucking get. Hang on, I'm adjusting. <laughs> Meanwhile, Wickham's attentions have shifted away from Lizzie to a Miss King, who's just inherited a large fortune. Wick. Interestingly, the narrator then goes on to point out that Elizabeth's like fine with Wickham marrying for money, but she's disgusted with Charlotte for doing the exact same well, thing. Well, I guess because she's like, I thought we were sisters yeah. doing it for ourselves. This is like a little bit of like um, hypocrisy there. Which is interesting. And it's part, it's part of what makes Men are allowed to get away with things. <laughs> True. But it's part of what makes the character surrealistic, I guess. That she has flaws. Yeah. In March, Elizabeth finally goes to visit Charlotte and Mr. Collins, but not before she's invited to accompany her aunt and uncle, the gardeners, on a holiday to the lakes. And she accepts. She's super excited. Anything to get out of that house, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to the lakes. They're in the north, I think. Let's go to the lakes. I, don't know. I, don't even, I don't even know England had lakes, but there you go. Lakes. When Elizabeth arrives at Mr. Collins' place, so she's going Darcy to visit them. Darcy there for some reason. Well. Why is he just skulking um, around? Does this boy not have a home? <laughs> Both, he does. We'll get to that. Both Mr. Collins and Charlotte greet her enthusiastically. The next day, they're invited to meet Lady Catherine de Bourgh, who is also Darcy's aunt. I already said that. Mm-hmm. Um, and who happens to call on Lady Catherine but Darcy? And over the next couple of weeks, Darcy and his cousin, whose name is also Fitzwilliam, <laughs> but who's referred to as Colonel Fitzwilliam. I guess Dar- he gets the Darcy and the other one gets the That's like, yeah. <laughs> he gets the last um, name. Yeah. Um, she happens upon them frequently in her walks to the countryside. She's flirty with Fitzwilliam, and during one conversation, Fitzwilliam mentions that Darcy claims to have recently saved a friend from an imprudent marriage. And she realises he's talking about Bingley and the imprudent marriage was going to be with Jane. Describe your face right now for the listeners. Outrage. Outrage. <laughs> who is supporting the false gods here? Who is, who is the monger? Mm-hmm. Who, hello? Uh, Fitzwilliam just told her that. Or, I know. Who, yeah. is, who is all this misinformation? Is, you don't think he did it? I feel like if he did it, he'd have a reason. Was it because her family was super embarrassing? Well, you'll find out. <laughs> Neck minute, <laughs> Darcy suddenly declares his love for her. Oh, Darcy, you are exhausted. <laughs> his proposal, unfortunately, talks a lot about her social inferiority and her embarrassing family. What a great proposal. I love you, but your family <laughs> And his You got wonky legs. I don't know. But I love you. <laughs> uh, and, like, a little bit about his difficulty getting past it. And so her rejection starts off polite, but it turns into, like, an angry accusation. And she demands to know if he sabotaged Jane's romance with Bingley, and he admits that he did. She tells him, she, she also tells him she knows the story about Wickham. Does she? And then she says this. You ready? Yeah. yeah. From the beginning, from the first moment, I may almost say, of my acquaintance with you, your manners impressing me with the fullest belief of your arrogance, your conceit, and your selfish disdain for the feelings of others were such as to form that groundwork of disapprobation on which succeeding events had built so immovable a dislike 
and I have not known you a month before I felt you were the last man in the world whom I could ever be, a, be prevailed upon to marry. Imagine having to say all that when you can say, I hate you. Bye. <laughs> I think this was probably more, like... More biting. Yeah, for the day. You know? It's just a lot of words to say, like, you stuck up, you're mean, you're rude, your ear's a little weird, whatever, your hair does that weird thing, you're not that hot. But you know when you, like, have a really, really clever burn on someone and it feels a bit better? Sure. Than just calling them names? She is saying, like, yeah. you're the last guy I ever want. I mean, how how upsetting when you just ask someone to marry you and they're like, that's, you are literally not if you were the last person on it. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. First of all, he proposed to her by saying, your family's kind of weird. <laughs> well, yeah. You're not, you're not like a lady, but yeah, I think you're fine. <laughs> I'm walking here. I'm walking here. And you're walking here. You walk together down the alley, you know? <laughs> you're going to pop out a few kids. Down the alley. Um, the next day, he finds her in the garden and delivers a letter to her. I just say your stupid words. Which is just about the worst thing I think a boy can ever do. That is true. Can deliver a letter. First of all, when I was in year nine, I told a boy I liked him. And then it was weird. And then he had, he wrote me a note. And I posted this on my Facebook, actually. Oh, my because God. Because I found the note. And oh, my God. I did. I posted. We talked about this. It said, um. Hey, bro, B-R-O-W, let's just be friends. And I was like... Wow? And I was let's like... Let's just... But then, um, 2009, like, four years later, I sucked his dick, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm the loser now. Me. <laughs> I don't know how serious the note was. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, man, I had, like, a long hand-delivered letter from one of my ex-boyfriends, like, right before I was about to go on stage, and, like, Miz, he, like, gave me some flowers for the show, and, uh, and, and I'm talking about his name. Oh, my God. <laughs> Never accept a, I don't care if you that in there, okay. accept a hand-delivered letter from a man named Connor. Ever. In any situation. <laughs> Like, if you think... Well, you know what he did, though? He was like, you are a bully, and you're mean. It was it's just, like, because I've broken up with him. You're a bully? So it was him, like, airing all his grievances and his soul. Say to your face like a... Well, and I just had to go on stage, and I was, like, shaking with rage. Well, were you, like, the sad... The, um, were you Anne Hathaway? You could have used all the, the rage. No. Who were you? Were you the little girl? I was, like, color? a little milkmaid. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, like, trembling with the anger. <laughs> was not serious the same as elizabeth noticed before she didn't look super into it and he's like well look they're not super in love it's a really imprudent marriage let's cut it off now while it's not serious unfortunately for everyone it actually was serious but why is anyone listening to this human cat (laughs) he just meows in his corner all day long (laughs) with his glass of punch that he just knocks over all the time (laughs) 
That's Darcy at home. I don't even like punch. <laughs> she just knocks things over. <laughs> like craft brewed beer. Everyone's like, oh, not your China, Darcy's here. <laughs> not the crystal! <laughs> um, as for Wiccan, he informs Elizabeth that the young officer is a liar. Yes. And Darcy did provide for him after his father's death. In fact, he paid off all his gambling debts and everything, and he gave him an allowance. Um, but then Wickham backed out. He didn't want to be in the church anymore. He just wanted to live like a lush in London. Yeah, um, like, like a rich boy. And so Darcy eventually cut him off. Good. But actually, the oh. root, the main root of their quarrel, Darcy's like, I'm not mad about that. What I'm mad about is that he tried to elope with Darcy's sister, Georgiana in the hopes of obtaining her fortune. She was like 15 at the time, or like 14. See, look, hot, charming boys get away with so much, mm -hmm. right? Lecherous, Rick. They're so cute. <laughs> but he's okay, he looks like they're in uniform. But they're just so cute, you know? So many mirror selfies that would be taken. Oh my god, like, because they'd they, mm. they, they work out. Yeah. They'd be so hot. Everyone. Everyone would be taking mirror selfies constantly if they knew it was a thing. Well, they did have oil paintings. They did. Which For is... rich people. And then the less rich people would have like little like... Like drawings. street urchin drawings. Yeah, yeah. like in a locket. <laughs> Folded up. <laughs> Just like in their pocket. Excuse me, ma'am, have you seen my mommy? <laughs> this is her luckness. <laughs> I need a look of her hair. Are you going to possess your mom? <laughs> Why you got her fucking hair? <laughs> Here's her likeness, I like that. <laughs> if I ever lose you at the zoo or something. <laughs> so Elizabeth obsesses over this letter, as is natural, I would say. And she tries to figure out what her feelings are towards Darcy now. And the more she, she reads him. it, the more she believes him and sympathizes with him. How good is this letter? Oh, it's so good. Do we get to read the letter in the book? Yes. Oh. But not. I'm not gonna read. It's so long. Yeah, I don't. I don't want. So and also it's longer than the one Connor wrote me. And let me tell you, that was long. <laughs> well, mine was pretty short, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is kind of the way it was bad. <laughs> but for different reasons. It's just be friends, bro. Brow. Brow. Yeah, it's on my Facebook. I was... <laughs> <sighs> we should get him on the show. I have not seen him ever since my mouth has departed his penis. <laughs> no. He just rode into the sunset. Just burst into flame. It's hereditary. Alright. I threw the book in the fire and he burst into flames. She returns home and kind of blows off Wickham. She doesn't trust him now. Yeah. The militia, it turns out, is leaving town. Yes. Which makes Kitty and Lydia distraught. They are man crazy. Oh yeah, and all the boys in uniform moving mm. on. Lydia, however, managed to manages to obtain permission from her father to spend the summer in Brighton with family friends. <gasps> which is where Wickham's regiment will be stationed. Oh, you can do better than Wickham, Lydia. Get away. June comes and Elizabeth heads off on a holiday with gardeners. Remember the holiday? Yeah, the lakes. Yeah. However, instead of the lakes, they decide to go to Derbyshire. Oh no. Um, which is actually Darcy's hometown. Oh no. So Elizabeth yeah. is constantly sweating through all six layers of her dress. Fair enough. Oh my god, you know who Darcy is? He's literally um, Ryan Reynolds in The Proposal when they go to Alaska and he owns everything. Oh yeah. And she's just like, she's like, oh my god. Why didn't you tell me you own Alaska? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I just want to edit. <laughs> I want to publish books. I'm just super hot. I don't know. <laughs> And you're just super mean to me, boss lady. That's the whole movie. I don't believe her for a second. She's too nice. Sandy. 
Sandra and her friends call her Sandy. Isn't that crazy? That's a bit crazy. You weren't Sandy. What? <laughs> <laughs> so Lizzie's aunt and uncle decide to visit the Pemberley estate, oh. which is Darcy's estate. Of course. And it's a bit, it seems a bit weird, but I feel like it, it works kind of like a museum or like a public house, you know, nowadays you can go visit the ones that are like owned by the government or like sometimes private houses are like open for a season. You can go and like look around if they're particularly historic or nice. Sure. Um, so like beforehand they call to make sure the family isn't there. So she feels a little bit better that like, no, the family's not home. They're off traveling. She's like, oh, whatever. always lurking. She gets there, and Pemberley is gorgeous. It's classy. It has sprawling fields and a forest and a gorgeous river. And she's like, this almost belonged to me. Can so belong to you. Just come on. <laughs> yeah. um, and Darcy's housekeeper is there. She kind of shows them around the house. She's oh. listing off his virtues as a master, like a pro salesman. Like, he's a sham. Wing woman. Yeah. Honestly. Oh. And apparently he's, like, the nicest master ever and, like, super cool. I am, I am okay being a human servant. Yeah. He's so nice. And she's leaving the house. He's there. The worst thing in the world that could happen does. She trips. Oh, my God. She poops her pants. Oh, my God. And Darcy arrives. Oh. Does she poop her pants? And she poops her pants. Does she actually? No. Ah. Except he's being super nice and well-mannered for some reason. And he doesn't bring up the proposal, and he entertains the gardeners, even though they're low class, with excellent hospitality. And he introduces Elizabeth to his sister Georgiana, maybe he's who has like, apparently heard a lot of great things and is dying to meet her. Maybe he's just bipolar. Or he's James McAvoy in Split. Just two Darcy's. <laughs> no, I think, honestly, I think what it is is social anxiety. I think he's, like, comfortable at home. He's a He's just shy. He... <laughs> Colin for if you ever hear this. It's okay, Colin. It's okay, Colin for Elizabeth is starting to regret, if not rejecting his marriage, definitely yelling at him. <laughs> he likes it though. He's like, oh, we just got a little fire in our pantyhose. However, a letter arrives from Jane telling Elizabeth that Lydia has eloped with Wickham. And that the couple is nowhere to be found, which suggests that they may be living together out of wedlock. Is she not otherwise known as is she not at 15? She is about 15. And he is like, oh, 25. <laughs> I think that's his voice. And <laughs> That is uh, 10 years. Yeah. She has not even developed, like, all her bodies yet. <laughs> all her bodies. <laughs> in a loud. In her batch. Anyway. That's part of puberty, right? Wickham's gross. Yeah. Bye. This means disgrace. And Mr. Darcy enters, as he is accustomed to do, at exactly the wrong moment, and she tells him everything, and he's really shocked and upset for her. Yeah. A she, cry. Yeah. She returns home, and Mr. Gardner and Mr. Bennett go off to search for Lydia, but Mr. Bennett eventually returns home empty-handed. All hope seems lost, until suddenly a letter comes from Mr. Gardner saying that they've been found, and the Wickham has agreed to marry Lydia in exchange for an annual income of £100. <sighs> Weirdly, a small amount. Well, he didn't want to push his luck, you know? Uh-huh. Mr. Bennett says Wickham's a fool if he takes a payoff of less than £10,000. His reputation isn't damaged by this at all. Who? So, Wickham. So why would he marry her unless he was getting something out of it? Yeah, what does he want? The Bennets are convinced that Mr. Gardner has paid off Wickham. But Elizabeth learns from Mrs. Gardner that the source of the money and of her family's salvation was none other than Mr. Darcy. 
Oh. Sam's covering her face right now with a pillow. Oh no. Are you in love with him? Colin Firth does that at Bridget's sister. <laughs> She's Mary's off Bridget's sister. <laughs> her 15 year old sister. 15? No. no. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. That's a weird thing. That was a weird thing to keep in Bridget. The fact that this is just oh, off. I was like, a hundred at home. He feels guilty for having kept Wickham's character a secret to protect the reputation of his sister. If he'd made it public, this wouldn't have happened to Lizzie's family. Wickham and Lydia return to Longbourn after their wedding briefly. Mr. Bennet treats them very coldly. Good. But Mrs. Bennet is just stoked to have a daughter married and keeps talking about her wedding clothes. And Lydia is an absolute bitch about it. She makes Jane give up her spot at the head of the table because she's unmarried. And then, like, when she leaves, she's she was, like, told to write to her sister. And she's like, no, my sisters will have time to write to me, but I'll, like, be too busy being married. <laughs> That's you to me when you got married. <laughs> um, it's not. <laughs> she um, she totally just doesn't get how much she nearly fucked them all over. Like, yeah, if, she'd, if she'd been disgraced... No one would have touched them. And they you know why? She's 15. She's Veruca Salt. You know how it's happening. She just wants yeah. a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. They're headed, so Lydia and Wickham are headed to the north of England where people don't know them. Shortly thereafter, Bingley returns to Netherfield. What? And he hits up Jane again. Oh my god, at like 2 a.m. is it you up? Eggplant <laughs> <laughs> emoji. <laughs> Peach emoji and like the tongue emoji and the water girl. <laughs> he seems to have gotten out from under his sister's thumbs, like they're hanging out. Again. Where is that bitch right now? I want to keep my eyes on her. Where is she? Well, she's just not there. Good. Not Darcy, good. on the other hand, what? comes to stay with Bingley and pays a couple of visits to the Bennets. But it's quiet and awkward, and the sexual tension is through the roof. Mrs. Bennet doesn't really help by being super cold to Darcy because she still thinks he's a snobby asshole, well, and she doesn't realize that he's the only reason they have any reputation left. So Lizzie's a bit embarrassed. <laughs> Bingley, on the other hand, at last proposes to Jane. Thank God. And do you want to hear what Mr. B has to say? Always. He's the one I care the most. Mr. B. <laughs> cool, Dad Bennet. You are a good girl, and I have great pleasure in thinking you'll be so happily settled. I have no doubt of your doing very well together. Your tempers are by no means unlike. You are each of you so complying that nothing will ever be resolved on, so easy that every servant will cheat you, and so generous that you will always exceed your income. Oh, he's saying... Just throw a little bit of shade, but... He's just saying, like, you're a couple of dumb kids, but you love each other, and I get it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. While family celebrates, Lady Catherine de Bourgh... I remember her, Maggie Smith. Pays a visit to Longbourn. Now, I didn't mention this earlier, but Darcy has actually kind of been a little bit betrothed to her daughter. Yikes. She's got a daughter? She has a daughter. (sighs) You never really meet her. She's kind of sickly and like, Oh, she's dying. It's fine. (laughs) But, like, they're intended. Darcy doesn't care. Yeah, of course he doesn't. But she's... She's gone rogue. (laughs) She's very invested in it, however. So she corners Elizabeth and says that she's heard that Darcy is planning to marry her. And inside Elizabeth's stoked, but on the outside she's a poker face. She's like, um, Darcy, you don't even know. <laughs> so Lady Catherine demands that Elizabeth promise to refuse him if he asks her. No. Saying she will ruin him in the opinion of all his friends and make him the contempt of the world. 
He already is, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, Lizzie refuses, and she admits that she's not engaged to Darcy, but she refused to promise that she wouldn't marry him if she was asked. That's a cheeky yes. Mm-hmm. And luckily, Darcy must have heard He that. always, he's always just... <laughs> he's in the bushes. You know what he is? He's just scampering around the vents, just like, oh, what happened to him? Because he's a cat. Um, and later they go out walking together and he tells her that his feelings are the same and he asks her to marry him again. The same is kind of not that good because the same well, would mean like, your family's weird. <laughs> Hold on, this is what he says this time. Mm. He's like practiced in the mirror. <gasps> <laughs> you are too generous to trifle with me. If your feelings are still what they were last April, you must tell me so at once. My affections and wishes are unchanged, but one word from you will silence me on this subject forever. How respectful is that? Sure. Like, I was just checking in. If you, you can tell me enough, I go. What? Yeah, he's like, he's like, he's not gonna push it because she wants him to leave her alone. Oh, that's his little mind game. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I thought it was like so respectful. Uh-huh. It is respectful. Whatever. He's a good person. Let's <laughs> get the bone. Um. Yeah. So she accepts his proposal, and both Jane and Elizabeth are married, and that is the end. Of the story. What about Ugly Mary and Rando... Kitty. Kitty. Yeah, no. They just... Die or something? They just die. Probably of tetanus. They don't get married. They don't really matter too much. So. Oh, but you were married. I was married, yeah. The, I was like, in the version that I did, I was like the narrator as well. Which is interesting. Oh, double, double, um, what do we call it? Double... Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but like Mary, the character was narrating. It was an interesting option to take. Doesn't she just sing stupidly? Yeah. What's yeah, the modern day equivalent of the song she would have sung at the party? Is um, it like Get Low? No, it would be Breakaway by Kelly Clarkson. <gasps> oh, that's good. <laughs> Did she hit the notes though? Um, no. Oh, Mary. Don't do a Kelly song. That's why it's embarrassing. It. It's meant to be embarrassing. Did you do Breakaway? <laughs> <laughs> no, I did like some, um, like period song. I can't, I can't remember. Was, I made a point of like seeing out of tune, and it was really difficult. So here's my hot take on oh, yeah. and Prejudice*. It's just a fanfic. Yeah, they, ah, that's interesting. You should say that. Why? Why do you say that? Well, and I'll give you my opinion. Well, I guess okay. Now that I have to think about the words I have to say, now that my words have consequences. Um, <laughs> they never, they don't, they won't. Oh, this is going to be comments under this. <laughs> you don't have to read them. Yeah. Tell me, tell me what you think. I'm going to read them. Um, <laughs> I guess everything is a fanfic, but this is like the mother fanfic, which all fanfics have been born from. <laughs> like, you know, they're all like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't like you. So is it more, is it, is it fanficy in that fanfics seem to take a lot of cues from it? Like the whole, like the fact that they had that whole song and dance of like I hate you, I hate you. And, a and him just going like saving mm. their entire asses, just like mm. I'll pay the fucking lech. <laughs> no one no. And he lets the cool dad Bennett believe. And he's paying, like, the hundred pounds is enough. It's, like, mm. upkeeping his own um, pride. Mm. 
and prejudice. <laughs> Everyone's pride and prejudice is yeah. <laughs> a-okay by the end of the book. I would tell you why I think it's a bit fanficky. Mm -hmm. Because it's character-driven and emotion-driven rather mm. than plot-driven. Yes. You're right. There's not 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 a lot happens. It's like a couple things. Like, like Jane gets sick. Yeah. <laughs> Wickham was like, I'm gonna fuck your 15 year old daughter. I'll, <laughs> but it's 100 percent like about identity formation and and relationship formation rather than it is about um sort of like a like a learning. Ex well, I guess it's a learning experience. But but it's it's it's. It's definitely far more about the character development than it is about any sort of plot development. And Lizzie is the ultimate, like, I'm not like other girls' girl. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. What, I suppose. Which is always weird like, to think about it that way, but I guess when you compare her to her sisters. Were you not? Well, <laughs> Jane's pretty cool. I'm not saying, oh, no, just because you know she's Rosalind Pike. Yeah, okay, I love Rosalind Pike. Yeah, if you didn't know it was Rosamund Pike, you'd be like, alright, bitch, whatever. But do you think that might be why it's been so popular with, like, female readers, partly? It's also, you know what, I reckon if I could, if I could, um, stomach the way it's written, like, all the who's and ha's, I'm like, still in the dream! Like, I understand the tension, sexual tension, and, like, it's, like, it's, it's kind of sexy, in a way. It's like, <laughs> it's a bit coy. The interesting thing is, you know, it's not like beautifully written. Mm. It's cleverly written. But there's no passages that'll have you like weeping over like the beautiful turn of phrase. I've never whipped over it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the strength of it comes from the the realism and the reality and like, oh, I know a Caroline Bingley. I know a Jane Bennett. Mm. Like and that's I think why it's sort of It still holds up to this day. Yeah. Because it's like Oh, yeah, you're from the 1800s, but you're also Marsha from class. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Um, although one famous male fan of Pride and Prejudice was Walter Scott. He's like a knight and a really famous novelist. He wrote Ivanhoe in 1819, which is essentially Robin Hood, the yeah. one that we sort of take um, inspiration from in adaptations today. And he wrote in his diary in 1826, read again for the third time. <laughs> <laughs> at least Miss Austen's very finely written novel of Pride and Prejudice. That young lady had a talent for describing the involvements and feelings oh. and characters of ordinary life which it, to me is the most wonderful I ever met with. That's so cute, little yeah. fanboy. Yeah. Little sir fanboy. Mm. I'm into it. Yeah. Um, and sort of the thing she's sort of credited with being a big name in is like social realism. And like, yeah, like you said, even though we kind of think of her as stuffy and her language is a bit hard to get through sometimes, the conversations she was writing were like shockingly realistic to the people who were reading it at the time it was published. Everyone was like, oh my god, gossip mm. girl. <laughs> yeah. For reals. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because like when you were reading passages, like I had to like muddle through some yeah, words, they're, they're but good. I was like, I get it. Mm. There's, there it is. Mm. But, like, yeah, the, the plot is good, but I just mm. tell me what you mean. <laughs> I guess the in the 1800s, they had so much time to tell you what they meant. Yeah. The thing that struck me this time reading it was, like, some conversation she didn't even write. She was just like, they had this conversation, they said these things. 
But in her descriptions of the way Elizabeth felt about certain things, like when she was like ruminating on the letter and like trying to change her mind about things, and it's relatable. It's super relatable and so realistic, and 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 it, and it holds up. That's yeah. it. That's the take on Pride and Prejudice. Bold yeah. but relatable. <laughs> Got this bin. Half like what? I just heard, thought I heard a fly. Maybe it's one of Cleopatra's bees. There was a huge wasp earlier. It, what? Looked, it looked like a small highlighter. No, no, not like a small highlighter. <laughs> it was a small highlighter that looked a lot like a wasp. You like, were using a wasp. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I hurt so much.